it like this? Instead of hate, it should be love. We invite in. You don't agree, then you're the problem that we're fighting. Open up your mind, stand up, become righteous. Hi guys, welcome. We are back for a special episode. Unfortunately, as you can see, Lindsay is not here today, but I am lucky enough to have been joined by the amazing Dora Cahoon, who is the creator, performer, and genius behind ADHD the musical, Can I Have Your Attention Please? Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've been seeing this posted all over social media, and I was so lucky to be able to speak to her today. I can't wait to show you the interview, but before I do that, because it's a special ADHD awareness month, she's been gracious enough to offer us 20% off of her, her London shows. So from the 17th right up until the 28th, if you use the code Instagram20, you can get yourself 20% off those tickets. It's also worth noting that from the 17th right up until the 26th, there will be British Sign Language available as well as audio description. We'll be there on the 21st. We cannot wait to go and see Dora perform this incredible project. She's been working really hard on it. And as you'll find out in this interview, it's worth seeing. So without further ado, let me be quiet and let you speak to Dora. Take it away. morning 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 yeah i'm good we're about to go to london today so i'm like you know packing isn't my strong suit <laughs> i fully get that and unpacking is even worse for me <laughs> i don't know about you yeah no it's so but no i'm, I'm excited about this next part of the talks we're in london for two weeks so Fantastic. it'll be good well, that's, it's so, I've got so much that I want to uh, find out about and learn about, but I'm going to try and not hold you for so much time so that you can get back to your busy schedule. Um, as you can notice, Lindsay isn't here right now. She's currently, she's a teacher at an alternative provision um, institution and she's busy on the weekdays. So you've just stuck with me, unfortunately. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I'm excited. That job sounds a, a good, like a... Um... It must be take a lot of time that job. <laughs> yeah, she's um she's definitely the woman for the job. She does great at it, but and I, I know that I'd struggle deeply with um I know it's a lot of 13, 14, 15 year olds that are just then they've had their time in mainstream school and it didn't really go very well. And Lindsay has been their lifeline. She's really great oh. with them. So uh we'll send her lots of love while she's out there. But um yeah, it's just me and you, Dora. Can I just clarify, how do I say your last name? I've tried Googling it. Kulum, have I got that wrong? <laughs> uh, it's right. You are not the, the first person and you won't be the last. So it's phonetically like C-O-H-O-O-N. So it'd be like Cahoon. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just got a Q in there for good measure. 
I've been called Dora Kahoof. Like, there's lots of different pronunciations. <laughs> and I think I've even been pronouncing it wrong. It's like, so, do you know, I'm not, I'm not bothered. <laughs> I would. Imagine having a name that you like. Even I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that it's kind of fits it, in with ADHD, does it not? It definitely <laughs> does. <laughs> second guessing yourself am I getting yeah. this right so uh what is your background I see that you've got a lot of uh, acting uh in your corner a lot of uh acting experience how did you come about doing that so I think for me I found school quite I love create like English and subjects like that but I was always very expressive and I always yeah, I didn't really do too well with subjects where you had to sit still for too long or ones that were I didn't find immediately imaginative. So, and then, yeah, I did find school quite tough. I mean, I went to a really bad school that actually got knocked down. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, a, it was ironically called King's Manor, which, you know, you think of quite grandiose ground yeah affluent but yeah so I sort of I didn't love school really but I went to a um quite a good set um college in Brighton and I loved the drama teachers you know it was like a, it was like a sort of British you know film you know where they take you under the their wing and you know they can see that you've got some potential in the area so they were sort of went above and beyond and helped me at a time where I was sort of struggling as a teenager because they could see that this was a potential route for me to go to university. Um, so they were really helpful, these two women that ran the drama department. And so they found a, a very alternative drama school that I could go to in Devon. And they were like, oh, we think you should go and check this place out. Um, where a place where I could run and scream like a banshee freely amongst cows, you know. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> so, it was great. So I, I was very lucky to have those people steer me in that direction. So my, I would say for me, like drama and theatre has sort of been what's helped me um, sort of get, get definitely navigate employment should we say I think it's, <laughs> it, no definitely I relate so much to that um creative aspect being way more um natural being much more of an easier expression than math science something that even maybe later on in life now that I have a better grasp on because I now have a better grasp on my ADHD but I think you've touched on something really good there that's very important in a, a child's life for example is that teacher that recognizes your strengths and being able to direct you into a journey that, you know, it's hard to see for yourself. So it's really, I, I love hearing that drama and stuff. I'm going to assume that you're, you're like, you like art and a lot of singing and just generally moving around whatever you could. Um, and that's where me and Lindsay slightly differ. She is very much the hyperactive type and I'm the inattentive type. Where would you say that you uh, relate to or do you have a, a diagnosis? Yes, I do have a diagnosis. And it was sort of co combination. Um, okay, which is more rare, right? Well, yeah. So I sort of, <laughs> I would definitely say a hyperactivity, but actually I think it's shift 
exhausted. Right. Like, because as I've gotten older and I have less energy, <laughs> but I still, Amen. I, I was sort of like doing some research on, on um, ADHD recently and I didn't even know you can have like vocal tics I wasn't aware that and I was like I do those all the time like sort of um singing my internal monologue but there's <laughs> no requests no one's asked for this but I'm just and I was like wow I definitely do that um, but I would say it's like a combination because I don't really enjoy like sitting around for too long. You know, some people might love the idea of like going on holiday where they're sort of lying in the sun. And I could do that for about 40 minutes, but then I, I'd need to go. And so I think it's sort of like, and I find moving is really help helpful for in like endorphins and and sort of dopamine inducing so I find exercise really really helpful so I'd, I'd say that was a combination really it's uh the, it's reminded me of the reason why I first contacted Lindsay because I originally contacted her to film the stuff that she does she's so constantly on the go achieving things and I'd look at her and be like we have the same diagnosis why can't I do what you do and it's very similar I'm looking at you you're you're you've written a play from the you know from the sprout and sprouting idea all the way to now performing it yourself how do you do that while having ADHD and can I have a pint of what you drink please <laughs> well I think well, to, realistically it's a this project is like the huge amalgamation of other people as well you know I don't I didn't definitely didn't achieve this on my own I think um, why I've achieved this this play now going on tour is because of tenacity and wanting to do this more than probably anything else. So I think, you know, obviously people think, oh, people with ADHD, they're not able to focus at all. But that that isn't the case. I think when somebody is very passionate about something, they can actually be incredibly powerful, you know, people because they, they they will not say no, which I think is great, you know, for if you find what it is that makes you tick and what excites you. So obviously that people are like, oh, how did you, how do you remember the words for the play? Well, I didn't say, oh, sometimes I don't. <laughs> but also, you know, I, I wrote the play and it's yeah. my experience and it's like, so it's not, you know, it's not King Lear. Maybe that would be a different experience. Yeah, you're not trying to recite someone's very old, long-winded thing. This is your, this is you in a musical. Exactly. So I think also I've had a lot of time to sort of like get to know the material and I have been working on the show now for about three years. So, you know, I it is sort of in the muscle memory, which is great. Um. But yeah, I, th I think people with ADHD, when they're given the right environment and the right support, they can absolutely thrive. You know, some of the best entrepreneurs, creative people are neurodivergent and that hasn't been, you know, something that stopped them. It's just about having the knowledge and the tools around them to help them. 
Definitely. It's so inspiring. And you say three years that you've been doing this. This is, And how long have you actually been performing it for? So I took the first version, the R&D version, um, it was 2021 and we were just in a, um, in a church hall. So it's now, yeah, so a really great little community space on Arlet Road in Liverpool. And now obviously we're, um, with we're in London and Camden so it's gone on a huge um journey uh and also you know the the varied spaces we're going to like we just went to a space in Bristol and it, it was amazing it was a co- cooperative so nobody officially owns it they all work together and they don't receive um like public funding so it's a really radical space and when I was there they made us a community meal and I got a fantastic hat with a feather in and I thought that's what I'm looking for from a from a venue wow. that is such a, <laughs> yeah I mean just those little little tiny aspects can like set it apart right rather than just like what do you want in your green room instead it's like here's a beautiful little hat that we created for you whatever it is it's well I did slightly steal it from the lost property but with permission so (laughs) we won't mention that we won't mention any criminal acts (laughs) but it's also like then we went to Wakefield Royal which is a fantastic old theatre that's incredibly traditional so with this in such incredible architecture you know we've really been we went to went to Devon where I went to my old university which was amazing because I think about myself as an 18 year old girl arriving there and have and not knowing I had ADHD and sort of navigating that and then being there as a 34 year old woman performing my my biographical show and that experience of, of like, it felt like quite a special moment for me. Imagine like a full circle moment, like, oh, I'm back here with a very different perspective in a different time. A hundred percent. And yeah, that was a really great show. And it's obviously like everybody like is obviously similar, but there are differences between slightly cultural differences between these different places that we're going, you know. Some people might have more access to theatre or the arts than uh, than other places, and but I'm finding the general response to the show is that people want to talk about ADHD, regardless of whether they're in Scarborough or in in, in Dartington in Devon. So it's like, but it's really exciting and and brilliant that that people are so open to these conversations I think having that creative medium as well rather than just solid text that people could or like a conversation which is important but can be a little bit um mind dulling for the average person with ADHD that likes you know their information bang at them is this something that this musical can do for them you know it's from what I've read it's not your average musical there's a lot of different aspects to it can you explain a little more yeah, I think it's definitely helping people view ADHD from a one sort of, it's following my perspective, but it's not a linear narrative. It's as you would imagine, jumping from different one thing to another, and it has audience interaction. And for the research process, I worked with a neuroscientist from Goldsmiths University. So he 
was able to provide a lot of um, sort of research for me to look at that I then filtered into the show. So I was really lucky to work with somebody of that like incredible level of expertise. And he was very generous in the sense of, obviously, I my level understanding of neuroscience is very limited. I have an interest in it, but he was able to sort of break it down in a digestible way that then meant I could put that in the show. So, yeah, the show itself has lots of different aspects to it, but what I'm finding people are relating to is the the personal experience of of my, my how I'm going about the world with ADHD and people are saying that's your story but it's also my story the challenges I've had with employment or childhood experiences or relationships there's a lot of similarities that people are saying that's me and for me that's the biggest compliment ever because then I know I've done my job because people it's not now not really my story anymore it's like up for people to take and to read and and for them to relate to really beautiful I really like that there's a certain topic that you focus on within your musical as well as far as I've read I'll be coming to see it on the 21st we're really excited but it's the element of shame which I think a lot of people wouldn't understand is associated with multiple uh, mental illnesses and disorders but ADHD in itself as a condition going through school not feeling like you're amounting to other people's expectations and your own it it gives you this sense of shame of things that you can't control what's something in you know how did you uh, relate to shame and what made you bring this into the musical I think shame is just a huge part of having ADHD because it's your other and it's it's like often it's been associated with lack or not living up to your society's expectations of how you should behave if you're not immediately understanding things or you're being late or you're not able to like literally physically be still or you're not able to sort of control elements of what's coming out your mouth (laughs) that's obviously going to lead to challenges if you're interacting in neurotypical spaces where they don't understand that so shame for me was a huge part of the project from the beginning because I also had shame myself about the diagnosis I didn't really want to tell people I had ADHD initially you know when I first was diagnosed I got a big thick brown envelope that I didn't look at for two years because I didn't really like the label I didn't like the the clinical language used to describe me I thought well I'm a human being I'm not all of these words put together you know I'm much more than that so shame has always been part of this process, but I thought, well, how can I talk about shame in a way that is really readable and understandable? So I came up with this idea of the big bear of shame and the bear sort of a, is always there, but, but gets bigger or smaller or louder in different moments. So I think now we're in an interesting time where people are really trying to unpack shame. They're trying to dismantle shame. You know, there's so many amazing um, resources, podcasts, like information out there about ADHD. And people really want to challenge the shame by just talking about it. 
because that is the the act of getting rid of the shame is by not hiding the feelings and the experiences and saying no this is what it feels like for me so yeah shame 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 has been a big part of the process and i i've been looking at ways to sort of combat the shame and one of them is this idea of radical self acceptance which i think is is a is an amazing way to look at meant any mental illness or, or or challenge i mean it's not easy but it's definitely yeah. something to aspire to to say I, I am who i am and there isn't there is no need to apologize for it and 100%. so i so i really i really i really love these ideas and what we're finding is from audiences coming together and talking and the community that happens in the audience it's amazing to see people just really feeling held and seen and connected because you're 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 with other people that understand you really cool it must be so fulfilling to see that ripple effect of positivity happening the um the almost uh I'm trying to think of the word the uh, contrast between shame and expressing yourself creativity creatively say on stage these seem like two things that could clash in terms of embarrassment having that sense of confidence how would you um or what advice would you give to a fellow ADHD creative that doesn't quite have that full confidence to get into acting but really really wants to yeah I I I think it's definitely a process you know, you where you are now, you're not going to be feeling and thinking this the same. The only constant is change. And I think having taking steps towards shifting what it is that's holding you back. I think the first step, I guess, is acknowledging what you want and saying I deserve to, to have this ambition or this dream happen for me. Um, but I, I definitely think like for example in the show I talk about some really embarrassing like challenging moments but then I we had a break in 2022 and revisited the show in 2023 and I was like oh my god calm down like I'm being so hard on myself and that's only within sort of nine months I'm having your own perspective change a hundred percent and I think okay so you got you got fired and x y and z happened but it's like you didn't you know shoot someone in the face <laughs> I think we can be our own hardest critic um, definitely. so I think for any regardless of whether you want to get into acting or you want to just sort of I don't know take more self-control of, of how you look after yourself and care for yourself it starts with that radical self-acceptance it starts saying okay I am where I am I am where I'm meant to be and if I would like some things to change I am strong enough to make those steps it's really, I love that. I love that explanation. When you said the idea of things that you used to be embarrassed of and don't quite hit the spot anymore. One of mine is maths. I remember being asked multiple, was it mental arithmetics and just either pretending I didn't hear or just being too cool for maths, like, oh, what? And just it affecting my learning so much to the point now when someone asks me a maths question, I simply straight up say, I don't know. 
And it's strange to me to think back that there was a time that I was shameful of that because it doesn't exist in me anymore. And I think that it gives a lot of, it should give a lot of people hope, anyone listening that has shame in their lives, that this isn't a a law. This isn't a definitive thing about you. This is something you can change through your perspective and your own self-acceptance, like you say. Um, I think maths is like that. Like I don't have my maths GCSE. I didn't I didn't manage to get it because I had a very chaotic sort of time at secondary school. And then, you know, for some reason in the UK we are obsessed with maths GCSEC and above. And it's like I, I just think that that obviously I really respect the importance of maths. I know it's important, but not to the point someone needs to have absolutely no job opportunities because of it. I think it's crazy. And that is actually boiled down to a very archaic class-based system around education. And education hasn't really shifted that much since it was first developed in the Victorian era. And people like you and me that need a different learning style are being made to feel absolutely awful. And I just think that is something that needs to change. And now I'm fine to say I don't have a maths GCSE. If I had time, I would definitely go and, and, and bring that back. I would go and work for that because I feel like, as you said earlier, you understand your brain a bit more and you understand your learning style more but I just think I completely relate like what is this obsession (laughs) it's perverse right (laughs) why are they so obsessed with this yeah it's uh and especially the amount of things that I don't use since then like the hypotenuse radius that like I'm sure there are plenty of jobs that do use these topics I just haven't had any myself and I just feel like that's a lot of shame I could have avoided as a young person being made to feel like if you don't get this you're not good enough um so we've mentioned education shame what is another change in the world you'd like to see for ADHD people or neurodivergence across the board and I think just I'm also aware that I'm living in a like echo chamber in the sense of I'm in the arts and so there is steps being made to make it more of a a friendly uh, employment situation you know you get a lot of call outs where they are asking for neurodivergent people lots of theatres are as employers are promoting wanting to employ neurodivergent people but I guess the thing is that's only a small tiny sector of a much larger you know um societal employment situation like i'm sure there are other industries where it is very difficult for people with adhd and there isn't that push to be open and talk about it you know at the q a in bristol someone was like i don't really want to tell my employer and obviously you know that's a really sad situation for that person to be in where they are feeling that shame and like the response is not going to be welcomed or met with support so I think just there still needs to be a massive shift in how we manage people with ADHD and how we support them in all industries not just in the creative arts. Yeah definitely these people have been through school and felt the shame and they're then carrying this on into work life where they're being made to feel again less than than people that they work around 
it's uh it's one that me and Lindsay talk about often that you know there's about 40 percent of the people that aren't being catered for right now and these 40 percent of people could be changing the world they could be for the better these minds are really valuable and I'm hoping that there is a huge change there is a huge shift and unfortunately it starts with knocking down the naysayers at the minute that say that ADHD isn't real what is your message to someone who says ADHD does not exist um I would just say that that is such a, a rigid and limited viewpoint and that I would ask I would say come and see the show go and do some research you know the likeliness is that they have a friend or a family member or somebody in their circle that has ADHD I know there's an awful lot of media discussion at the moment about what it is but these are very damaging opinions that can have such a negative impact on people for example the person that is in the audience that doesn't want to tell their employer because they think they're going to be met with dismissiveness or or lip or diminishing of what ADHD is so I would definitely say it's really important to just be open and susceptible to having the conversation obviously if you don't have ADHD you're not going to immediately know what that means but I think like I would never tell somebody oh what you're experiencing isn't real it feels bizarre to even attempt doing that to someone right you'd never do that to someone with a broken leg or a, a cancer diagnosis it is something that it's well, how could you deny someone's existence like that it baffles us every day um and I'm aware that I'm keeping you for a very long time Dora I'm very sorry you've got stuff to do so I want to ask you one last question if that's okay with you you're performing creating doing all this stuff how do you manage your own mental health while on stage and moving and packing like you say um yeah it's definitely a process I think I'm very lucky to have a supportive team who are involved in the performance and you know we've got really fantastic director who's also doing um some on tour of us doing access and pastoral stuff so I'm also yeah so that's part of the um process is we've got somebody there that people can check in with which is is really important and I also do speak to a, a therapist for this process because it is can be overwhelming and then I think just trying to eat right exercise I mean it's not perfect <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a it's a, a process but, you know, being able to perform and, and to share my work with other people is, like, what I want to do. So this is obviously a huge gift to be able to take this show on tour. It's like you just grabbed it by the uh, cojones, by the sounds of it. <laughs> exactly. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really loving sharing the work and having audiences see it. Fantastic. I love having you here today sharing this with us. And like I said, we can't wait to be there on the 21st. I think we've got a few audience members that also of ours that really want to come and see you. So thank you so much for coming to talk to us. I'm sorry I've taken 30 minutes of your time. Thank you so much, Dora. You're amazing. Um, oh, thank you. I've had a lovely time talking to you and I can't wait to meet you in person. If you get to meet you in person, I will die. That is so... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> rubbing shoulders with celebrities now. 
thank you so much, Dora. I hope you have the best day. Good luck with the rest of your performances and we'll see you on the 21st. Bye. point in that way please use this code instagram20 to get 20 percent off of your london ticket and they'll be running from the 17th to the 28th so get them now thank you again dora you've been amazing i really enjoyed chatting with you and i cannot wait to come see you on the 21st and i know Lindsay can't either and um, this has been a great addition to adhd awareness month and we're really thankful for the good work that you're doing and the amount of people that you are touching, the lives that you are changing with this creative project. So in the meantime, good luck, Dora, with the rest of your shows. We'll see you on the 21st. Get your code, get your tickets, use the code even. And uh, we'll see you for our usual live Wednesdays. See you at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Lindsay will be back again. I keep pointing that way. Get your ticket. <laughs> Fair. See you later. And thank you, Dora. See you on Wednesday, guys. Bye. Why? Why is it like this? Instead of hate, it should be love. We invite in. You don't agree, then you're the problem that we're fighting. Open up your mind, stand up, become righteous. Righteous.